Hoot 7 proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle, featuring your host, the writer, Chris Pike, and the scoring machine, Sean Reddish. Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. We've got through two shows and hopefully that means we're doing something right. Thanks a lot for everybody that's tuned in so far and, and thanks again for listening now for our our third third episode as we look ahead to round three of the NBL action. It's been some fantastic action so far over the first two weeks of of the 2019-20 season and plenty more in store this weekend. We've got plenty of matches to look forward to, but we'll, we'll get to my co-host first of all because that's the man you want to hear from. I'm Chris Pike, but Sean Redditch, um plenty to look forward to already from the, from the NBL competition so far. A massive weekend ahead. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's good to uh, good to be back, episode three, and I'm excited to get into it. Big show planned as well. Matt Flynn, he's waited a long time for this chance as a as a coach in the NBL at the Illawarra Hawks. He's a he's a Wollongong boy. He's been there his whole life, and it's fantastic to see him get a chance as, as a head coach in the league and. It had been a bit of a rocky start, but he finally got that first win on the board Monday night, and I had a really good chat chat to him, and we'll f- get some fantastic insight into him later on. And also, you caught up with the in the fourth quarter. We decided two-minute drill probably won't quite cut it, so we need to go to a, a fourth-quarter segment, and you caught up with a, with an old friend for that as well. Yeah, caught up with Jesse Wagstaff, and uh, I think our listeners are going to enjoy uh, getting into the mind of, uh, I dubbed him the professor, the smartest man <laughs> in the NBL, so we'll find out some some insight from Jesse Wagstaff later on. Looking forward to it. Of course, we wouldn't be here without our major sponsor, Hoops Heaven. They've been they've been on board since the very very moment we first discussed this podcast, Sean, and they're, they're a fan- fantastic support, hoopsheaven.com.au for all of your basketball needs and some exciting news. We've got some new partners on board this week as well, Sean. Um, ID Athletic for all your basketball gear. If you're a if you're a local club that needs to needs to put your team in a uniform, no matter where you are in the country, get in touch with ID Athletic. Um, we'll talk a, a little bit more about them later, but fantastic, fantastic uniforms for your for your clubs. No matter what what sport you play, no matter what level you play at, they'll 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 sort you out without question. And also a name very familiar to to certainly certainly basketball fans out west, Devlin's. Um, you'll know Simon Devlin. You you would have heard his voice, and now he's on board as part as part of our show. Devlin's he's he's got some fantastic. Everything. If you're a man, you just go into Devlin's in Subiaco, and you can find everything you need. And also De- Devlin's on- online to to check him out as well. Devlin'sonline.com.au and fantastic to get some some more supporters on board, Sean. It is, Sean. We're we're doing something right, and uh, both those we we've, we've had a long connection with them and. Uh, you know, Redditch basketball does a lot of stuff with ID Athletic, and and obviously Simon Devlin, uh, he's a he's a fantastic supporter uh, of basketball, and uh, well, probably the greatest fan that I've seen as well from <laughs> from his inside, and he's just a funny man to to listen to. So I'm excited to to hear his insights as well. Um, of course, if you're listening to this show, you found us through through where you listen to podcasts from, but we're trying to make this show available as many places as possible. So everywhere you can find a podcast, everywhere from iTunes to Spotify, we're run through Podbean. You can find us on SoundCloud, YouTube, 
My Tuna Radio, and of course, as, as, as we talked about last week, 91.3 Sport FM, also on board to support the show. Um, we also want to hear from you. Social media is a, a massive way for us to interact with our audience, and we want, we want you to follow us, but we also want you to give us some, some feedback and to send through some questions. So you can find us out on Facebook at Basketball Hustle, on Twitter at B-Ball Hustle Pod, and Instagram hustle.basketball. So please get in touch with us with us during the week and especially if you've got a question or some feedback for Sean then then just send it through to us and we'll we'll discuss it on, on the show next week. Um, now let's get into the show Sean. It was a, a huge round 2 in the NBL. Before we dissect it in a little bit more detail, what what stood out to you about about the second round of the of the competition? Well, as close as the games were in the first round, it seemed like every game barring the last one, was a bit of a blowout. Yeah. So uh, interesting that round one was so close. Uh, I guess maybe the scouting from some of the teams uh, helped and uh, we, we saw some some big wins from the top teams in the league so far. So far, you would think. Obviously, the Perth Wildcats, two games at home, they've looked terrific. Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, two games in Melbourne, they've looked terrific as well. And the Sydney Kings. Um, to me, so far, they look like the three standout teams. Yeah, I guess the surprise one there is Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Yeah. Um, for them to start 2-0, and I don't think any new club has ever done 3-0. and yeah. So it'll be uh, – we've got some records on the line uh, coming in, in round three. But you got to like the, their start to the season, especially doing it pretty much without Ty Wesley, yeah. who I think is is probably the most dominant four-man in the league. So it's uh, an impressive start, and they got to be happy where they're at. The other end of the scale, the Cairns Taipans there, they're 0-3. They had their chances again to win both games. We'll, we'll talk about them a little bit in their road games against against Brisbane on Friday, which they probably weren't, weren't as close in. But certainly Monday night against Illawarra, they had their chances. But they're 0-3 now, and they come to Perth on Friday night. It's going to be a really tough task for them to avoid slipping to 0-4. And, and from 0-4, and it's a it's a massive road back. Do you, do you think there's a chance for them, firstly, to avoid 0-4, and and if they go zero and four, can they can they make it back this season? Well, they were so close to being two and one. Yep. You know, I felt like they should have won the Sydney Kings game. They had Illawarra. They were up in the fourth quarter, so that game could have gone either way. You know, they'd be sitting here two and one, and in the top four in the ladder. So it's kind of a tough start, um, and they need to get some wins on board. They need to get some confidence as well after their slow start last year that kind of sunk them. For the rest of the season so it's a it's a disappointing start for for the Taipans so far uh it doesn't get any easier coming out west mm. but sometimes your back's against the wall you know the Wildcats are playing confident you never know but uh you know you the expert opinion is that they will start 0-4 and it's gonna be tough to recover yeah from that. I mean the they're massive underdogs. There's no way around that for Friday night in Perth. But is it also, if you get a win in a game like that, it, it would be massive, wouldn't it? That could be the sort of thing that could kickstart their season at the same time. Yeah, it could. It could. But uh, as good as it sounds, they've got to come <laughs> out west, fly here after being on the road and play in front of 13,000 fans that uh, are cheering on their favorite team, and 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 then they've also got to go against Bryce Cotton and Damian Martin. So yeah. it's a big challenge. Not saying they can't do it, but uh, they're going to have to play some fantastic basketball to uh, get over the line over here in Perth. 
you've been part of some tough road trips during your career. Um, at the moment, they've, they've, the Taipans have been on the road for, for a week because they played, they played in Brisbane on Friday, then they went straight to Wollongong, and now they've come, they've come to Perth to spend the, the, a few days here before they, they play on Friday night. Spending 10 days on the road when you have lost the first three games of the season, um, is there a way to turn that into a positive, or would it be pretty tough for the Taipans right now? It's going to be, it's, it, it's tough. I mean, I think having a little bit of a longer road trip and the Wildcats do this usually in the preseason is pretty yeah. good for team bonding. Um, but I always have found that after day four or five, sleeping in hotel beds and a different bed almost every night, you know, eating as good as the food is, eating a hotel breakfast, you're not in the comforts of your home. You get a little bit lethargic. It's, uh, you never seem to play great on the end of a long road trip. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things going against the Thai fans. Um, they're just going to have to find a way to win. And, and to me, the issue has just been able to close the game. Uh, we talked yeah. about that in round one. Who's going to be the closer for them? Newble played well in that Illawar game, but got to find someone they can that, that they know they're going to be able to trust and can step up and hit those big shots that we've seen when the Taipans have been good in the past. Mm. They've had that guy that can kind of really step up and take over games when needed to be. Absolutely. Um, before we get into those round two matches, a little bit of news floating around, Sean. First of all, you touched on Ty Wesley not playing. Well, he got hurt very early in that first game for, for South East Melbourne with his hamstring. The Phoenix have now announced his replacement, Jay Crockett, is in for, well, for as long as Ty's out, which looks like at least being probably another three weeks. Um, it's pretty handy to be able to add an extra player when you're already an undefeated team team so far this season. Yeah, that is the benefit of a, a guy that's that's an import that does get injured when you can bring in someone. All accounts uh, from the media sounds like he plays pretty hard. Mm. How he's going to fit in that system they're playing to, and oh, Mitch Creek is playing the best basketball I've ever seen yeah. of him, and uh, Roberson is shooting the lights yeah. out. They're shooting fifty percent from the three point yeah. line as a team. So I don't know how long they can keep that up. Um, that's that's an incredible rate, but what a luxury to be able to bring in an import. My only concern is things are going so well. How does he fit in? But also, if you are bringing an import, is that because Ty Wesley is going to be out for longer? I mean, two to yeah. three weeks. To me, that seems like you, you kind of wait you that could out, cover it for just two to three are, weeks, couldn't you? You would think. Yeah, you could probably cover for two to three weeks. That, to me, tends to think it's a longer-term injury than than what they're given, but I guess only time will tell. Yeah, and on the coaching front as well, some some, some interesting news with New Zealand coaches. Um, the Breakers went over for their NBA trip to, to the United States, and then when they were leaving, leaving to come back to, to Auckland, Mike Fitcher decided to to inform inform his owner and, gen, and general manager that that he decided to quit. Interesting timing, which um, I think has been noted, but interesting that on the eve of the season and on the back of a trip to the United States that Mike Fitchett has, has quit the Breakers as, an, as, a, as a long-term assistant coach. He's been there for a little while now. And, and also Paul Hanari has quit, the Mel- quit Melbourne United and also the Tall Blacks to take up a coaching job in, job in Japan. Yeah, you don't usually see that on the eve of an NBL season or even in the first few rounds. It's uh, to me that's pretty rare. Yeah. Usually coaching changes and movement happens happens in the off season. So, you know, you look at the breaker situation, they've got changes to their general manager, they brought in 
a new coach, uh, a lot of the guys that were there, you know, during their glory run are gone. So yeah. it's uh, it's an interesting time of the breakers. And I guess we'll see. There's a lot of new, I guess, people involved in the club in, in some pretty high places as well that uh, are making these changes. So we'll, we'll see if that, that's a benefit to them in the short term and in the long term. Absolutely. And for a little bit more insight into that, we spoke to Dylan Boucher in our first episode. So if you want to go back to listen to that interview, providing some insight into what's happened at the Breakers the last couple of years and the changes since, obviously, the Blackwells moved on as owners, go back to have a listen to that because Dylan provided plenty of, of interesting thoughts on, on everything that's happening at the Breakers. Um, now, let's look look back to round two, Sean. Back to Friday night. It seems like a long time ago now. Brisbane Bullets beat, beat the Cairns Taipans 90-74. to 74. Um, The Bullets looked looked really strong. The Taipans struggled. DJ Newbill not playing didn't didn't help the, their cause. And having 22 turnovers for, for the game, most of those in the second half didn't help the Taipans either. Uh, I think 17 of those came from from Cam Oliver and, 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 and Scott Scott Machado. Um, pretty dominant performance from the Bullets with, with Nathan Sobey leading the way. It was. It just seemed like an easy win for the Bullets. They weren't really challenged um, by the Taipans, and it was probably a result that was to be expected. I think Brisbane, you know, being able to have that team together from last season and add in those pieces of Sobe, um, I think to me, if they can get production out of Hodgson that they got, especially against Cairns, yep. will uh, will go a long way to them them being successful this year. Familiar story in Perth on on Friday night as well. Um, like we talked about last week, the Illawarra Hawks don't enjoy coming to Perth. I think it's now 32 of their last 32 that they've lost and 27 point loss. Bryce Cotton was on fire in the in the first half and then he became the distributor in the second half, which is what he can do when teams really really focus on him and double team, team him. He's proven he's a he's a terrific passer as as well as we know he's a great scorer. Tareko White was very good again for the Wildcats, but Dario Hunt was the man that stepped up. We probably weren't overly impressed with him in round one, but he was terrific on Friday night, and it was just a, a typically typically dominant Perth performance against Illawarra when they when the two teams meet in Perth. Yeah, you speak about Dario Hunt there as well. He got into foul trouble game one. I just got a sense that Trevor Gleason, I was courtside, just wasn't happy with his effort levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure he would have had a meeting during the week and Dario Hunt came out and played the way the Wildcats need for him to play this season. Um, he's got to play with energy. You know, he's not going to outskill people. He's going to outwork and try and use his physical abilities to to uh, to impress his part onto the game. So you know, I was impressed the, the way he responded to a, a, probably a poor round one performance. And you know, if you're a Wildcat fan, you're you're hoping you're going to see that Dario on every week. A couple of other things that stood out about the game. Um, also, typically for, for for Wildcats games in Perth, they they got to the line a lot more than their their opponents. Eighteen foul shots to three in the first half. I think it was. 34 to 19 for the game, but also the way Aaron Brooks was used for, by by the Hawks. He came off the bench. He took three shots for the game. Um, for somebody with that amount of talent, surely that as we saw on Monday night, they they moved things around. But on Friday night, they needed to get a lot more out of him. Yeah, he just didn't look as into it. Um, yeah. I just thought that from his round one game, he you know they had the ball in his hands. They didn't seem to run a whole lot for him. The ball was in Lamelo's hands a lot and uh 
to me, I think Aaron Brooks is more a score and a threat. So they've got to find that being able to use both of them because they're both ball dominant guards. So they've got to find that, uh, I guess that nice mix between the two, um, and then still be able to get other others involved and the shooters involved on that team. So, yeah, I think a disappointing performance on Aaron Brooks's part, but he responded, uh, later, later in the round. Yeah, he did. Um, Saturday, um, Sydney's Sydney's first game at home for the season, and and a really dominant performance. They beat beat the Adelaide Thirty Sixes one hundred and two to eighty. Disappointing from the Thirty Sixes point of view because they were coming back from Utah and and they put in a really poor performance. Jerome Randall didn't quite fire against his former team. Only Daniel Johnson really really could hold his head high to any great great degree. Twenty six points and seven rebounds, but. To me, it was a great sign of the depth of the Kings where they didn't need to get a lot out of Bogut and Lish and Casper Ware because they had Brad Newley and, and Jay Sean Tate and, and Daniel Kickett stepping up as well. So that's a that's a great sign for, for Sydney. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at the stats from Sydney and I thought looking at their team, they're going to be great defensively. I mean, you've got Kevin yep. Lish, you've got Casper Ware, you've got obviously Andrew Bogut back there and they're backing it up. I mean, they're only... I mean, and then they're going against Adelaide as well. They held them to 80 points. Yeah. This is a team typically that plays extremely fast, a lot of points. Uh, they're scoring in the hundreds yep. most weeks. So they're they're out holding their teams to 75 points. Second best is Perth at almost 85. So that shows you where Sydney is really excelling. And they say defense wins championships. Good start for them. Absolutely. Not a lot of defense on Sunday. Southeast Melbourne Phoenix and and the Brisbane Bullets, but the Phoenix looked really impressive again. 113 winners to 93 over the Bullets, and as we discussed before, John Roberson was unbelievable. Went nine of 11 from three point land for 30 points. Mitch Creek another incredible stat line: 25 points, seven rebounds, seven assists, and three steals. Kendall Stevens played played really well. Ben Madgen, who we had on the show last week, had a had a good game and, and really only only Lamar Patterson was a was a major threat from the Bullets, but the Phoenix couldn't have looked much more impressive. Well, we talked about Roberson. Uh, I talked about him a couple of weeks ago being in the MVP yep. candidate. I just liked him in the preseason. He reminded me of Steph Curry and the way he can shoot the basketball. Yep. And he's showing it early on in this season. I mean, nine for 11, incredible. I thought, you know, game two, he might have been scattered a little bit better to get out to him. Didn't happen. 113 <laughs> points for Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. They're averaging 102 for the season and playing some fantastic basketball. Last game of the round, Monday night, it was the battle of the of the winless teams. So it was a massive game for both Illawarra and and for for Cairns, and it went right down to the wire. And probably a, a little bit of an unexpected hero, AJ Ogilvy, got the job done in the in the final seconds for the Hawks when he got fouled and, and made his first first foul shot there and. He had to step up after after Josh Boone went down with a, a broken nose early in the game. It was, it was a nasty one where where Tim Conrad copped him with a with an an elbow. Obviously, uh, 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 not not expected one given it's his teammate. But the changes Matt Flynn made, Aaron Brooks into the starting lineup that worked fantastically because he had 15 points in the first half. And I thought they looked a lot better with Conrad in the starting spot where they didn't go so big with both Boone and Ogilvy on at the same time. Obviously, they were forced to only play the one big as the night went on because Boone didn't return. But I thought all the changes that Madeline made from Friday night to Monday worked a treat, but still, they only ended up with a one-point win. And, and I think the Taipans would have walked around, walked away thinking that it was a real missed opportunity. Yeah, desperate 
game for both teams. And and I think you're right there putting Tim Conrad in the three. I think you got to surround shooters with Aaron Brooks and LaMelo Ball yep. because they're so dominant and, and they can get in the lane anytime they want. So it just puts a lot more pressure. And Illawarra needed that win. Both teams needed it. And credit to them, they made – AJ Ogilvy comes up big uh, off the bench, and uh, we'll, we'll see. Do they go with Ogilvy in the starting lineup, mm, or do they, you know, do they bring Boone off the bench? I don't know. It'll be it'd be interesting to see what Matt Flynn does this week. That, that covers round two, Sean. It was a fantastic weekend and a really good summary by you. Thanks for for going through those matches with us, and and thanks to Hoop Seven for for allowing us to be here with you and providing you with with basketball hustle. We're having a great time bringing it to you and. And make sure you check Hoop7 out. You go to hoop7.com.au. If you're in Perth, you can go visit them on Murray Street. Fantastic store. Check them out this week. they got the brand new Jordan 34s in stock. They stock all their shoes up to size 18. So anywhere from, from the smallest feet to the biggest, you can go to Hoop7 to get get all of your, all, all of your, all of your shoes, but also your NBL gear as of now as well I noticed that Lamello Ball jerseys were in stock last week as well for the Hawks to come to town all your Perth Wildcats gear is is, is fully in stock now the latest stock for, for this season and and like I've, like I've said over the first two shows anytime I need something Hoop 7's where I go and I'm not saying that because they're a sponsor I'll be saying that even if they weren't so Christmas is coming up and anytime I've got some family members or, or my girlfriend Laura or my sister Belinda wants to know what can I get you for Christmas I just say go and check out Hoop 7 and you could find endless things that I like and, and Sean I know that you have no problem finding something there there as well anytime you need, you need it Well you've got the NBA season started NBL season has started get your favourite jersey clothing, shoes they'll take care of you I had the chance after Friday night's game wasn't an ideal game for the Illawarra Hawks, obviously, in Perth, and it rarely is when they, they play against the Wildcats in Perth, but Matt Flynn took some time out to to have a chat with me, and, and a big thank you to him for doing that. I He's been around the Hawks for his whole life, and I still remember the, the day when he was appointed Hawks coach earlier this season, back in March, I... I got in touch with him because the NBL wanted me to write an article for him and, and about him and to provide some background on him. So he was very quick to to be happy to chat with me. He didn't have to do it at the time. He said that he'd pretty much just been appointed coach and he didn't want to talk just just yet until he'd had a chance to speak to his, his, assi- his assistant, obviously, Eric Cooks, which, which he t- touches on during, during this chat. So he took the time to have a great chat. It was a fantastic insight and the thing that stood out to me was what a genuine guy he is and he thanked me afterwards for the chat and saying just just to thank me for taking the time to speak about his family and for what means and for the things that mean a lot to him so sometimes you just come across really good people in basketball and and Matt Flynn is the absolute epitome of that and thanks again to him for for joining us on the show and and let's hope you enjoy enjoy this chat where we we get to know a little bit more about him because it's it's easy to to talk to people and to to coaches especially about their team and what's happening on a day-to-day basis but hopefully this discussion gives you a little bit more insight into into what makes makes Matt Flynn tick and also you can learn a little bit more about Sean Redditch at the same time. Two weeks now into your official head coaching career but I guess six months into the into the role yeah. um, is it everything you imagined it would be? 
Yeah, look, it is. I'm just having a ball, to be honest. I, I love what I do and, you know, whether I was assistant coach and now into the head coach role, you know, it's never been lost on one day, on me for one day, how lucky we are to do what we do. And, and you know, I grew up in the, in the area as well and, you know, I grew up, you know, playing for the team and I was a fan as well as a young kid and now to, to be privileged to do this role, you know, I've... I'll ride every single possession um, for as long as I'm on the roll and, and uh, give, it, give it my all to bring success to the club. I remember speaking to you the very day you were appointed. You were yeah. understandably exciting. Excited. It was, a massive, it was a massive day in your life, but it was a massive day for, for Illawarra basketball to reward somebody like you who had been around the club for 20-plus years, your whole life really, and to show that somebody from the region can stay with the club the whole time and end up being rewarded. Um, when you reflect back on it, how big of a thing was it when you were actually, actually backed in by the club to be to be appointed? Oh, it was extremely special, you know, and it's something I'll remember forever and, you know, that particular day and even, you know, I think, you know, talking to you was one of the first ones as well. So, um, yeah, look, it was a little surreal but also had a job to do straight away as well. So, you know, the the hours that we work, you know, is, you know, it'll continue to grow this role and, and we're really happy with where we're at as a club and, you know, what we've been able to put together, although... We haven't really shown it in the pre-season as yet. In, in the first two games we've started here, obviously disappointed not to, to at least hold that first game against Brisbane. Um, but I've no doubt that what we're putting in place there is going to bring success. And, um, you know, if not in the short term, definitely for the long term. So um, when I reflect back on the six months, it's been a great journey, um, a difficult one in terms of you know, how hard every coach works in this league. And, you know, as an assistant coach too, we worked worked our asses off too. So, um, but yeah, there is certainly, you know, I put a lot of expectations on myself. Just because I grew up in the area doesn't mean that, you know, oh, you're just going to be gifted a ride through, you know. And But, you know, one thing the club knows and the ownership know that, um, you know, I'll, I'll work as hard as I can for as long as I can to, to bring success and, leave no stone unturned to, to bring it. The two things that stood out to you when I spoke to you that day you were appointed was how important it was for you to acknowledge the people that had helped you get there and that had trusted you now in this role, but also your family, the support they'd given you to yeah. be able to stick with being an assistant coach because as you talked about back then, it wasn't an easy life being an assistant coach and your family had to really be there or else you, you would have been able to continue doing it. Um, those, both of those aspects, I guess you wouldn't be here as head coach if you didn't have the support of those who let you get here, but the family at home as well. Oh, 100%. And, you know, both of those are extremely important. Like the, the family side of things, what people need to understand is in Wollongong, we are, you know, we were and still are an under-resourced club, so whoever's employed by the organisation, you wear many hats. And when you wear many hats, that takes up a lot of time. Mm. And, you know, we all say that our family comes first and and they do, but the reality is they always don't. They come second quite some of the time. Um, So to have the support from them is, you know, huge. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them and and the support that they've given me. Um, You know, not just my, my wife and kids, but also my, you know, friends and, you know, 
family around it who are also really supportive, so that's really important. Um, so much so I was on the phone with my wife before this game and the mm-hmm. first thing she asked, she just said, listen, lastly, make sure you start Aaron Brooks. <laughs> so, you know, and she knows nothing about basketball. But she, they care. It comes from a place of care because, you know, they obviously read a lot of stuff and a lot of stuff going on in, in that space. So, um, you know, that's always fun to take that advice. And then the owner, Simon Stratford, um, you know, and Wendy, his wife, uh, the support they've shown me and the belief that they've put into me in this role, you know, I'll never forget. Mm. And um, for as long as I can do it, you know, however short or however long that mm. may be, I will, uh, I'm will. i going to certainly do it mm. with pride and to the best of my ability. Six months ago when you pictured the squad you'd be coaching, if at that point you found out that you would be able to keep the veterans like like Tim Conrad and, and Dave Anderson and I guess you can even throw Toddy Blanchfield and AJ Ogilvy into, into that mix now as well. You could add someone who was a genuine NBA star in Aaron Brooks and somebody who's going to be an NBA star in, in Lamello and and still have young guys like Daniel Greeter and Emmett Nah who are the future of the club and the future of the NBL in a lot of ways. Um, I've probably missed out a couple of, t- a couple of players but if you envision the, the squad that you could have had have you pretty much got the exact squad you would have hoped for? Josh, Josh Boone, obviously, massive team. That's it, you know, and, and there's another two in Sam Froling and Daniel Greeter. So, and, and, but the fact that, you know, those, those names that you just mentioned um, and the fact that, you know, you left two out illustrates the challenge that I have mm-hmm. in, you know, rotating guys and getting guys, you know, into the game. And I still deal with it every practice. I deal with it every game. Mm-hmm. It's something that's not going to go away, and you know how do you how do you stay true to yourself and true to them? Because I'm big on de- I'm big on development. Yeah. But the facts are, 12 doesn't go into 40, yeah. and and someone's going to be left without a seat with the musical chairs, and yeah. and that is to be perfectly truthful. That's the biggest challenge I'm finding in the role at the moment is how to manage that time and stay true to yourself, and, and more importantly, true to the players that you know have bestowed their trust in you to develop them. Um, so, you know, that is a, that's a challenge. That's a challenge I deal with all the time and, you know, so much so we just, what did we get whacked by 27 tonight? I addressed it with them after the game again tonight, you know, and that's something that we've got to deal with as a group. You know, don't get bitter, get better. Um, everyone trains the same way. They train as hard as they can. They're all, you know, outstanding people. Mm-hmm. So it makes it all the more difficult to uh, sit players down. And, you know, people forget as well I'm the only team in the league without a third import. So, you know, all those things are in the mix and, you know, all those things, you know, as a first-year rookie coach, um, I have no doubt when I reflect back on the end of the year, um, it's just going to make me such a better coach to be able to deal with that as long as I'm feeding feeding the good wolf and uh, you know not getting too negative or too down on myself and um, you know try and try and work our way through it I'm sure you never do an interview at the moment where Lomelo isn't a focus but you can can talk to other people about him I don't need to go into into that but I wanted to get your thoughts on how big of a ticket is for your club that you're able to secure somebody with that Huge of a profile globally. Um, how, how much of a 
you talk about under-resourced, and no doubt that you, you're fighting relatively above your weight financially in terms of where you train, where you, where you work out, where you, where you do everything. You, yeah. you, you don't have what a Perth has or a Melbourne has, yeah. but how big of a tick for the Illawarra Hawks is it that you could get somebody like Lamello Ball to come to your club? Yeah, it was huge, you know, and from talking to Melo and talking to Jermaine quite a bit, um, part of that, I wouldn't say the under-resourced part, but the part of the smaller club and the family atmosphere we have there was part of the allure to come. Um, and we're certainly delivering on that. Um, you know, the feedback, you know, I've got in touch now with lots of NBA scouts who are always in touch and want to know where he's at and what's he up to. And, you know, the feedback I've got from some of those guys is it's the happiest they've ever seen him. And some of those guys have been following him for quite some time. Um, so, you know, that's really good feedback. You know, he's a, he's a, he really is a pleasure to be around because he's just got such infectious enthusiasm for the game. Um, and that rubs off. And we're all gym rats here too. And we do a pretty good job of insulating him um, from the... The, you know, the circus that is his life at times. He's uh, you know, one of the most famous athletes in the world. Um, and he's 19 years of age. 18, just 18. 18. And he's played two games of professional basketball. That's right. Yeah. And he, you know, but when you see him behind, when you see him behind the scenes, he's just like anyone else. He's just like one of the boys, you know. He's And that's, I think that's what he's slowly grown to love about our club and we just want to help him be the best player he can be and then whatever his next journey is, we want him to look back at us and say, you know, that was family and that was a great ride and they really helped me and developed me into into a player that I am today. And we're doing that, you know, and we've made a sacrifice um, and a commitment to him to do that. And, um, you know, and, and at the moment he's holding up his end of the bargain as well. It wouldn't be a Hawks coaching staff or a bench without two people, yourself and Eric, Eric Cooks. Um, how, how happy were you when he agreed to, to, to stay with you and, and to remain at the club when you were appointed head coach? He was the first person I spoke to um, when, I, when I found out it was going to happen. Um, I think my exact words were I'd be honoured and privileged you know if he stayed and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Cookie Mm -hmm. because Cookie was the one when he was head coach gave me my first crack as an assistant Um, you know so I was really sort of excited to you know and and to be truthful nervous Mm -hmm. to talk to him about it because I got such respect for him and his basketball IQ is you know it's off the charts um, so for him to, you know, to sit back and say, yeah, this is something I want to be a part of and, you know, help me and, um, you know, he's just such a great sounding board and, you know, he knows the league in intricate detail and, you know, we're, you know, we're good mates and we, you know, get on well off the floor and, um, yeah, look, it's just a, a privilege and an honour to, you know, to, to coach with him and, um, yeah, he's... Certainly, I continue to learn from him all the time, you know, and adjustments during the game. And, you know, he's on point with a lot of stuff. So it's, it's very comforting um, to, to, to turn back. Like tonight when we're down, you know, 29 at one stage, we turn back and we sit down next to each other and we have a bit of a laugh. And I said to him, I said, well, we've been down by more here. <laughs> so, um, 
and he has a little chuckle. So, you know, he's, yeah, look, it's, it's great. And he's got a great family too and, and you know, great kids and who have been entrenched in our program for a long time. So, yeah, it, it's, it's certainly um, was very reassuring that he decided to stay on. Speaking of that unhappy history of coming to Perth, a big part of that over the years has been Sean Reddy, who is my co-host on the podcast. Yep. Um, now, as I found out over the, our first couple of episodes, it's very hard to talk to people about Sean without it becoming a Sean Reddy's tribute show. Um, as somebody from the Illawarra Hawks, can you give us something that's not giving him a, an even bigger head than he's got already? Well, when I coach and we, we look at our full court pressing, Redditch was renowned for putting his feet over the end line yeah. and pressuring the ball. So we actually call that a Redditch. Okay. Um, so, and, and I believe, uh, yeah, so he's, he was a, you know, he was a thorn in our side for many, many years. Um, you know, much respected as well. Um, just such a great competitor. Put a dagger in numerous times. Um, so yeah, look, we—he's just a baller, wasn't he? So and you know he killed us numerous times, but you know you still see. And when I listen to him, he's you know, definitely got that IQ. And uh, sorry, do you want me to bag him? Oh, I'd love you to. <laughs> <laughs> look, he, yeah, we, you know, he used to. We used to bag it and that because we thought he flopped a little bit. Yeah, very, um, uh, I, love, I love hearing that. We, we thought he flopped a little bit and played up with fouls a little bit and, you know, he'll push you in the back at times yeah. and all that. Um, but he's certainly not the only person that's ever done that before. Thank you for saying that because last week we had Drake you saying that he was the Tim Duncan of the of the NBL, so yeah. that just blew his head right up. So thank you for hope, hopefully bringing you back down a little bit. Um, just finally... Um, the surfing life. Has head coaching changed? You being able to get out on the surf too much? I do get out. Not as much. Not as much as I used to do. But, um, yeah, definitely still getting my salt water therapy in. It's very important. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's just a healthy, you know, it's a healthy release, you know, and I encourage anyone, not just coaches, but anyone in life, you know, to find that release and, you know, it gives you a bit of exercise and gets you away from things. You know, I find it. No one can contact me when I'm out mm-hmm. in the surf. Yep. Um, you know, it's just you know a bit of bit of healthy living, you know. And um, so yeah, no, I still get out there, and uh, you know, I still keep up my game day ritual. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to take the piss, or you know, everyone looking at me going, "Oh, look at this guy out surfing on the game day." Um, certainly not meant to do that, but you know, instead of you know jogging or mm-hmm. instead of you know doing whatever, walk yeah. the dog or, yeah. you know, get on a treadmill or, you know, play tennis, whatever they do to release stress. I, just, I get out in the water and try and put my head in a few tubes. Mm-hmm. Thanks very much for joining us and best of luck for the rest of the season. No problem. Thanks to Matt Flynn there. Fantastic chat and fantastic insight into everything about a man that that is Wollongong basketball. It's great to see him get the opportunity now as a head coach and, and Sean, he had a, had a couple of... Mixed things to say about you, but I guess given your history with the Hawks, you wouldn't ex- you wouldn't expect anything different. They're one club that you had a, a pretty storied history history against, especially probably probably in the second half of your career. Yeah, we had a, a lot of good matchups with with Illawarra, and uh, we seemed to always play them in the finals. Yep, and uh, so it was it was it was good. And, and you know, Matt Flynn talks about stepping over the line and. Oh, 
admit I stepped over the line every single time because you know what? <laughs> the refs just would allow it. Yep. So if I could have that advantage, I'm going to do it. They might give you a warning, but um, I don't think I ever got called for, for stepping over that line <laughs> and they would just warn you and I'd take the warning and take a step back. And if they didn't <laughs> warn me, well, I take that advantage. So, you know, that was one of the things that we, we prided ourselves in that, that full core press. And when you got Damian Martin behind you, you just yeah. need a little bit of extra time. And you know that you're going to put the other team in a little bit of, bit of strife. So, um, you know, you, full, full credit for, for them. It's funny that they, they know that as well <laughs> and, uh, and able to, uh, pinpoint it. And hopefully there's someone that can, uh, use that little technique that's listening. Uh, you know, you're trying to take any inch you can get, you get an extra foul. Um, you know, a lot of games come down to one or two points. So, uh, some, some good matchups with, with Illawar throughout my time and Matt Flynn, I remember him, you know, he was an assistant coach and then they were so ravaged with injuries that he actually stepped he out did. on the court yeah. and challenged stadium. So, uh, that's the, you know, he's one of the, probably the first ones that become an assistant coach <laughs> to a player one game and, yep. and got some court time as well. Yeah, he did. I, I remember that well. And, I'm sure if anyone has picked up your trick, Sean, it's, it's Jesse Wagstaff, and we'll hear from him in a little while as, as part of our fourth quarter segment. Um, just quickly, thanks to Matt Flynn for that interview. Fantastic to, to chat with him, and thanks for him to taking the time to do it. And also, very excited to announce our brand-new partner on the show here on Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle, ID Athletic, West Australian-owned company, already providing basketball uniforms for local SPL and Wobble clubs, but it doesn't end there. If you're a social club, if you're a junior club, if you're any sort of club anywhere in the country, this isn't just a West Australian business. We, we through ID Athletic, can supply you with all of your needs. It's a tremendous service provided. They can design your uniforms for you. From the moment you place your order, you'll receive the delivery within four weeks. There's no minimum order requirement, so if you need one uniform or if you need 100, you can just get your order in and, and you'll get the best possible service and best possible product at the end of the day. If you mentioned that you heard this promotion on the podcast, you'll be able to get a very special price as well on your order. And also from next week, we'll have a special announcement of a competition where if you're a listener to this show, get in touch with us. We'll have all the details for you. You can win a full set of uniforms for your club. So thanks to ID, ID Athletic, idathletic.com. Now it's time for the fourth quarter where, Sean, you caught up with one of your old teammates. You shared in four championships with him. You played a lot of your career alongside this man. I think a lot of people would see a lot of similarities between between you and Jesse Wagstaff. I don't think that's any any sort of a surprise to say, but... For a guy that's won five championships, he's now played 315 NBL games. He's now a father. He's married to Steph. All, all which has happened since he came to Perth, out fresh, fresh out of out of college over over at at Metro State University. Always fascinating to hear two former teammates catch up. Now here's our fourth quarter segment where you spoke to Jesse Wagstaff. I'm here with Jesse Wagstaff. AKA the professor, the smartest man in the NBL. Jesse, thanks for joining us. What an introduction. Thanks, man. So I, I say that because I think you've got more degrees than the entire Wildcats team. Uh, can you just give us a rundown of the degrees that you have? <laughs> uh, I got an undergrad in uh, civil engineering uh, with a minor in maths. 
I got an MBA from Curtin and a Master of Transport from oh, Monash in Victoria. And then um, oh, I've got a grad cert in financial planning, but hopefully get the master's. Hopefully. <laughs> yes, you need that master's. I don't. I don't know what you're going to do <laughs> once you finish. Uh, once you finish playing basketball with all those degrees, um, I'm going to have so many pieces of paper and no experience. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that you know, I've sat by you a lot of times on plane rods, and you're you're an aberrant reader. Um, can you give us a couple of your favorite all-time books and maybe something that you're currently reading? Oh, oh. So so currently reading, I've actually. I I didn't promise myself, but I I always said I didn't read fiction. But I my dad has kind of whittled me down, and he got me to read some fiction the other day, and I kind of liked it. So I'm currently reading a fiction which is called The Slap, which was made into an ABC TV show a while ago. So I I thought I'd I'd um, read the book before I I watched the TV show. I've got very good reviews from the TV show, so I might hit that up after after I finish the book. But that's currently what I'm reading right now. Favorite books? Uh, if I'm if I'm feeling something heavy, maybe some some Stoic philosophy. Um, if I'm feeling something a bit light, I love a Malcolm Gladwell or something like that. That's that's always uh, an easy and pretty informative read. Yeah, I was always uh, always asking you for recommendations because you always gave me some good ones. You got me onto the ultra marathon man, so um, which I passed on to my wife, and I think she's been <laughs> running ever since. So <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Jesse. Um, next question I had for you. Obviously, you're you got a third child uh, on the way, so you're 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 a dad of uh, two at the moment. Uh, how are you finding being a dad? And, and have you had any parenting fails so far? I reckon I have a parenting fail every. I won't say day. That's probably a bit too common. But every week, there's always something that catches you off guard. I think. I think that's just part of being a parent. And obviously, you'd know, especially uh, yours are probably past the, that that age where it's parenting fail every week. But um, I guess the, like most of the parenting fails just involve poop, <laughs> being it on you or on somewhere else or on the floor. Or, um, I don't think I've ever been around so much poop uh, with with kids. But it's all uh, it's all worth it, and it's all all fun and games at the end of the day. Well, it doesn't help that you've got you got a, a dog there as well, so you're uh, you're surrounded, aren't you? Oh, so much, so much. I've never had to deal with so much in my life. And uh, one one of my favorite things uh, at the Wildcats, we finish training, we go up, you you, you got your meal, and then inevitably you get the the dad jokes out between yourself and and Greg Hire. Can you give me your best dad joke? today oh best dad joke i i do like i'd like anything with a name in it like what do you what do you call a guy with a shovel obviously doug and without a shovel doug less uh but i think i really like how do you get pikachu onto a bus and you, you obviously pokemon <laughs> <laughs> and i'm laughing at that because i see my son's pokemon cards uh on the table as as, as we speak so well, um, yeah. well, when we're done, you can you can ask ask him um, if he knows how to get Pikachu on a bus and see what he says. I'm sure he'll love it. Uh, I'll use that one tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and your favorite Damian Martin story? Obviously, he's uh, 
loved by all the fans, loved by his teammates, incredible winner and leader. Um, but he does, uh, he, he always keeps it interesting. Do you have a favorite Damian Martin story through your journey with him? Oh, it's, it, uh, he is an amazing human being in, in many ways. Um, I think obviously the story that everyone remembers is, is him taping underwear to his feet um, to, I guess, replace socks that he forgot. Um, so that's always a classic. I think that was at the under-19 world. So that that story kind of lives on. But with Damo, it's kind of it's kind of like parenting fellas. Every week there's always something. Often he just leaves a shoe at practice, just one. Um, he'll leave and, and just leave one shoe. I don't know how he gets home. I, I don't know what he's wearing on his feet, but he'll just leave a shoe there. Um, he'll leave clothes. He'll leave wallets. He'll leave keys. Um, yeah, he's just a, a phenomenal human being, but an amazing human being as well. <laughs> yeah, my, my favorite one was the one where we took his jerseys um, after every <laughs> session that he would leave. And, you know, we'd get handed five of them during the, the season. Um, and then eventually by mid-season, he would, he wouldn't have any jerseys. He'd have to wear someone else's. So, and he still wouldn't know where they were. He just kind of he'd go along with the flow. But that demo, he'll always land on his feet. He always he'll always muster up something. He'll always work out for him. <laughs> it will. Now, if you weren't a pro baller, um, and obviously you started basketball a little bit late as well, so you probably had a little bit more time to think about this. Um, what would you be? Well, I wanted originally. I wanted to be a pilot in the air force. Um, but I think that quickly, I reckon by about year nine, maybe, I was already too tall. Um, but I'd already already looked into that fairly seriously. But the, the, the whole tallness factor kind of eliminated me from that. Um, if it wasn't for that, I'd probably, I'd probably still be in Canberra just as a, a civil engineer or an engineer of some sort, um, just with a nine to five, I reckon. So I've been pretty fortunate that basketball's kind of taken me around the world and I'm now to Perth and met my wife through it and it's been a pretty rewarding experience so far it has and and five championships um but uh you know you you, you've done a lot of incredible things but one of the things that uh i guess that you enjoy and uh you know we used to always talk about different businesses to start on our long road trips back home to to perth um, but you, you actually started a business a few years ago. Can you tell us about that and uh, and how it's going? Well, I mean, I I love assembling IKEA furniture. I see it as, as just giant Lego, and I I realise that it's it's probably not a passion that a lot of people share. So I figured that I could, you know, if you buy something from IKEA, you don't want to put it together. You can call someone in, and and they can assemble it for you. And and that was that was my business idea, just assembled. Um, so I, I spent a bit of time on it, not not much time at all really, but uh, airflated the idea and um, got a couple of customers. It was mainly um, our ex-manager's parents and him. <laughs> so I had about two customers. Um, a bit of fun and uh, I love it. It's, it. I see it like giant Lego, but uh, didn't quite take off. With two kids, it, it kind of uh, kind of fizzled. So it's, it's on the back burner right now. Well, there you go. If, uh, if some of our listeners... Or at IKEA, and they need to uh, get something assembled. They they know the man to uh, to contact. Well, just give us this a bell. Definitely, <laughs> this has definitely gone over the two minutes, um, and this <laughs> is only our third episode. But I have to say, you're my favorite interview so far, Jesse. Um, <laughs> Thanks, so Jesse. You, you've rocketed up the list. We'll, we'll let you know later in the year if you stay up stay up there, number one. But uh, I, thanks reckon, for your I time. reckon you, you said that to all your guests. I reckon.
<laughs> well, well, we'll have to see, but you're, you're, you're number one in my book. Oh, I love it. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks, Jesse. Well, Sean, we're right. I don't think the two-minute drill is going to quite cut it because when we get guests the calibre of Jesse Wagstaff, you just need two minutes. You need more than two minutes to talk to them. So fourth quarter is the, the name of our new segment. Thanks to Jesse for, for joining us, and he's always good value. And he's got a very underrated basketball mind, which you managed to unravel a little bit in that chat there. Yeah, hopefully you got a little insight into Jesse Wagstaff that I've come to to know and learn about over my career, and just uh, one of the true champions of the game, and you know, five time five time champion mm. with the Perth Wildcats, and could he make it six this year? Well, every chance um, you can never write the Wildcats off. They yet to lose a game, and speaking of yet to lose, you're tipping over the opening two rounds, Sean. You'll let you'll you'll yet to lose as well. So you're. You're, what is it? I think it's nine and zero over the first two rounds. I I took a couple of couple of pot shots last week and it didn't quite pay off for me when I I went for some upsets with with Adelaide and, and Cairns in in Wollongong. So you're 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 perfect perfect so far, Sean. So as we head into previewing round three, if anybody wants to to get get some tips on, or maybe who to put some money on for this round. I do advise you have a listen to what Sean's got to say. Um, Friday night, well, we've got a doubleheader to start with, Sean. Firstly, the Sydney Kings at home. New Zealand Breakers, who are playing their first game of the season, which is remarkable to think when it's already round three, but they obviously had their games over over in the United States where they were they were competitive in their, their two NBA hitouts. But it'll be interesting to see how they now go on the road to the Kings, who who couldn't have looked more impressive in their opening two matches. Well, tough start for New Zealand Breakers in Sydney on Friday. So coming off the, the trip to the USA, you got to pick Sydney in that one. I think defensively, they're just too good. And, and I just feel like New Zealand Breakers going to need a few weeks to kind of come together. Now, the, the one kind of person that could really step up is Corey Webster. You know, he yep. could be that that game changer that they need. So, you know, I'm tipping Sydney, but if Corey Webster comes out and has one of those 35, 40-point games that he's capable of, you know, he could uh, they could steal one there. Also Friday night, we touched on it earlier earlier in the show, um, massive task for the Kent's Taipans, already 0-3, and three, playing the Perth Wildcats, who haven't had to leave home yet over the first three rounds of the season. It's really tough to make a case for, for the Taipans in this one. Yeah, you got to go with Perth. You, you know, they didn't look great in round one, but they found a way to win much better in round two, which I expected. I just kind of felt like they were in a little bit of cruise control that first game. And then they, they go up, up against Cairns. And, you know, I just think it's such an advantage for Perth. They've always get to play three, four, maybe even five games yeah. at home to start the season um, and just kind of get off to a great start because they've got to be out during that, that Christmas period with, yeah with the Hopman Cup and now the the tennis tournament that that has taken over for the Hopman Cup. So it's just a uh, you know it's a recipe for success and and the Wildcats are riding that that little home streak to start the year. Yeah, they sure are. Um, Saturday, Adelaide 36 is their first home game and they've they've made the move out to the Adelaide Entertainment Center this season and Based on their preseason, when they got 6,000 6, people out there to, to watch a game, you'd think it's going to be a positive move, but a lot of pressure on them now. They come into this game against the Brisbane Bullets, needing needing a win. They've only played the one game on the season, but they struggled against the Kings last week. And when you bring Jerome Randall into your team last minute, 
you you put pressure on your back straight away. So to me, this is a must-win game for the 36ers, but the Bullets would have to go in favourites, I would have thought. You would say they would be favourites, but I, I, I'm picking Adelaide here. I think there's going to be a lot of emotion. They're finally back home. New venue. There's going to be a lot of excitement, and I think it's it's great for for Adelaide to move to the to the new arena mm. and and to their new home. I guess not a new yeah. arena, but their new home. And I think there's you know, they're going to be excited to see Jerome Randall back. And and if you look at the result last week, Brisbane didn't do a great job handling Roberson at that point guard. Yeah. And I think Randall's in that capability as well. So I'm picking Randall to have a big game and Adelaide to get to win there. Yeah. Be very exciting to see how Nathan Sober goes back on his old home floor too. His first game back in Adelaide, so that's certainly something to look out for. Also on Saturday, South East Melbourne Phoenix put their undefeated record on the line. They host the Illawarra Hawks, and the Hawks will take a little little bit of confidence out of their win on Monday. But yeah, the, you'd have to back the Phoenix in this one. I would have thought South East Melbourne. They're playing well, and they're at home. Illawarra. Has to travel to to Melbourne, so I'm picking picking the Phoenix, but I wouldn't put this past one Illawarra, especially mm. if uh, if Aaron Brooks can have a big game. But I'm going to go with Southeast Melbourne Phoenix to start three and zero and set a record for a new club in yeah. this competition. Then Sunday we get underway with the New Zealand Breakers and the Sydney Kings. They back it up. They back it up again, but this time over 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 in New Zealand. Um, I guess a lot of this game will depend on what happens in their first meeting on on Friday, so it's a little bit tough to tip, but I would think the Breakers at home, they'll be looking to make a make a positive start. They've had some it's been an interesting build up to them. Um, obviously with their, their coaching changes and everything that's happened at the Breakers in the off season. Um, and now they had their, their trip over to the to the United States. So they'll be very happy to be back home. I think they'll get the win at home, but again it's tough to know before we see them play each other on Friday night. It is tough, but I actually think Sydney just because of the from the defense, you know, Kevin yep. Lish, Casper Ware, Andrew Bogut, those guys are elite defenders in this league. And when you got two or three of those on your team, it makes you tough and you're able to win on the road. So I'm picking Sydney to win that one on the road. Then also on Sunday, the Perth Wildcats hit the road for the first time in NBL 20. They take on Melbourne United, who, gee, it's a, it's a, it's a tough road trip. They've already played they've already played the Adelaide Clippers earlier earlier this week. They played they they play then they play the Sacramento Kings on Thursday morning Australian time and then they they're back to play in Melbourne against the Wildcats on Sunday. It's you'd have to be jet lagged, you'd have to be tired if you're anyone as part of that Melbourne United team. Casey Pray they won't be back. They hope that David Barlow will be back. Um, it's a big ask for them to to back up on on the the end of that NBA trip and and have a game so quickly. It is, and they, you know, they almost beat the LA Clippers. They were they were up at halftime, playing yeah. some pretty good basketball. Uh, obviously, got the Kings coming up. Sean Long has come out today and said that uh, he fully expects them to beat the Kings. Yeah, so did. I'm not sure Drake U you like that <laughs> comment, but if you want to listen to Drake U you turn into uh, episode two to find about him and, and the Kings. But you know, I think Melbourne's going to be desperate for this one. And so I'm picking them at home. They're usually pretty tough. And as long as Chris Golding is is healthy, he looked uh, he looked pretty healthy against the Clippers, especially in that first half. I'm picking Melbourne versus Perth on Sunday. Yeah, Doc Rivers was certainly impressed with with Chris Golding on in that game on on, on Monday morning. Um, last game in the round, we've got another Monday night game. It seems like Illawarra have got a a mortgage on these Monday night games for now. But the Hawks back up their game in Melbourne by hosting the Adelaide 36ers on Monday night. 
Um, tough game to tip, given both of them would have played already earlier in the weekend. Kevin White heading back home now as Adelaide 36's captain after being the captain of the, of the Illawarra Hawks previously. So that is another interesting talking point to, to have a look at. But this is a tough game to tip from my point of view. Yeah, it is a tough one. I think Illawarra, you know, I just hope that they get more fans to their games, yeah. pack it out. And they got LaMelo Ball. This guy could be a, the number one draft pick next year. Let's get that place rocking, make that a fortress. I remember when I came into the league back in 2005, it was one of the toughest places to play. Yeah. So for Illawarra's sake, I hope they can pack that place. And for that grand um, final in 2010, it. that place was jam-packed. There was, you know, five, 6,000 people there. It was a, an unbelievable atmosphere to, to play in. It was hostile from your point of view, but the place was incredible to play, play in. Yeah, I think it, it it has that capability. I don't know. They've, they've lost it a little bit. I was hoping that with Lomelo Ball coming in, it would kind of re- rejuvenate the excitement there. Obviously, playing on Monday nights not the best night to play, mm. but maybe Illawarra can make Monday nights theirs and make it a fortress. Yeah. And I'm picking Illawarra to beat Adelaide on Monday. Well, so far you haven't got a tip wrong, Sean, so... If anyone wants to wants to back in back in somebody's suggestions, then I suggest they listen to you and and maybe put a, a dollar or two on some of those tips that you just just handed out. But we've got through another show, Sean. Fantastic show. Thanks a lot to Matt Flynn and of course to Jesse Wagstaff for joining us. And thank you for allowing us to be here from Hoops Heaven, hoopsheaven.com.au to check them out. ID Athletic as well, brand new partner, idathletic.com for more information and and devlinsonline.com, Simon Devlin and Devlins, what what more can you say say about about them as well? So we've got through another show, Sean. What are your final thoughts that you can can leave our listeners with for for another week? Look, I'm looking forward to round three. It's been I've enjoyed speaking with you today, Pikey, and uh, the NBL doesn't disappoint. It's exciting times in this league. What can LaMelo Ball do this week? Can he, uh, or can Andrew Bogut do another bo- around-the-back dunk? <laughs> it's going to be another fantastic round in round three. Let's see how it all plays out. Thanks for joining us. time.